Why is there already pus of surfetched? Because this is the internet, and we cannot have nice things. You want to see? No. Send it to me anyway. <laughs> Quack. I mean, Jessica Negri- Hello, and welcome to the Magic Winks Clubhouse, a podcast where two best friends get together and recap every episode of the Italian Magical Girl series, Winks Club. I'm Brendan, and I'm Fairy of the Surging Sea. And I'm Tess, Fairy of the Rolling Stones. Today, we're watching Season 1, Episode 3, Alfia College for Fairies. In the 4Kids dub, this episode is called Save the First Dance, and the original Italian title is, simply enough, Stella's Ring. <laughs> That just sounds like a side quest from an MMO. The Italian version of the episode aired February 2nd, 2004, and the 4Kids dub aired July 3rd of 2004. That which... was almost my birthday. And you know what else that means? It's time for the stars of 4Kids TV to present the <laughs> national anthem. <laughs> God, I love that video so much. A true red-blooded American monkey D. Luffy. And the girl from Tokyo Mew Mew, whose name I cannot remember at this moment. Uh, Zoe in the dub Ichigo, if you're not trash. <laughs> the name's Ichigo, Miss Zoe if you're nasty. Oh. Alright, so we did put out a call for listener questions. Did we get any? Because Let I didn't check. see any. And neither did I. And I even put it out early this time. I think we'll get a little bit more engagement now that we're on Apple Podcasts. Oh, by the way, we're on iTunes now. That's right, Club Kids. We're on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we did just get the email like a day or two ago, uh, and they said we would be up, like available for through searching in a few days. So keep an eye out for us. Uh, we I know looked it up. I looked it up on my iPad, and uh, yep, I saw our dumb logo. So, we did not get any listener questions. All right. But I'll ask one of my own. Oh, no. So, just a reminder that if you want to ask us a question, you can shoot us a message on Twitter. You can find us at MagicWinksPod. We'll plug our personal socials at the end of the episode. Okay, so, without any Twitter questions, let's move on because we have some pretty big news. Fate the Winx Club Saga, which we've mentioned for the past two weeks, actually had some pretty big news come out. Hilariously. Like, the first time we joked that it wasn't going to happen, then we learned news that it was happening, and now we have more news. It's like we're timely or something. So we actually have cast our five main characters. Five? Five. Oh. So our main character, Bloom, is going to be played by Abigail Cowan. Abigail Cowan is currently best known as Dorcas of the Weird Sisters on the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. So she's got some, uh, some experience with this whole young adult adaptation thing. Then we have 
Hannah van der Westhuysen as Stella. According to IMDb, her most prominent role is Becca in a movie called The Bay of Silence. Hmm. Playing Musa, we have Alicia Applebaum, best known for a film called No Reasons. Playing Aisha, Precious Mustafa, best known for playing the character of Lucy in Endeavor. Oh, I'm seeing where this is going. And playing Tara, we have Elliot Salt, best known for the series Game Face. So based on name alone, she's definitely based off of Flora. There might be some of Tecna in there too, I don't know. I also don't know why they decided to just get rid of two of the main characters. I don't either. <sighs> I'm... I am confusion. I am also pretty thrown off by the revelation that there's, you know, a whole new character here. But... Uh, <gasps> Who are you? I'm just going to stress that we be cautiously optimistic because this is a pretty big break for this actress. And I can tell that what of the Winx fandom there is, there might be quite a few people jumping down her throat for not being Flora or Tecna. Especially right. f especially Flora, since people are really attached to her since she's Latinx representation. So what we're going to do, Club Kids, is wish the best. And please don't be a jerk. Uh, also, I've seen some people a little upset that Musa is no longer East Asian. Uh, I did do some digging. Alicia Applebaum is Middle Eastern. Cool. Is it Baum or Baum? Depends on who you ask. Uh, I've, I, I tend to say it Applebaum. It could just be uh -huh. Applebaum. I've seen some pictures on uh, the Winx Club Instagram as well as I've clicked through the Instagrams for each of the girls. They're all very excited to be here, honestly. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, I mean, to be how fairies. Old First of all, you missed the joke, to be fairies. And I'm going to assume most of them are in their mid 20s. I actually didn't do much looking. Because there's, like, the chance that they grew up with this show. Or Let at least have a vague recollection of this show. Let me check Bloom. <laughs> Abby Cowan, born March 18th, 1998. Gross. So, <laughs> so yeah, early mid-20s for all of them, I would assume then. Uh, we also have some ancillary casting. Uh, we have Freddie Thorpe as Riven. <laughs> Danny Griffin as Skye. And Sadie Soverall as new character Beatrix. You know, the weird thing is, those initial... Remember those initial, like, weirdly Riverdale-esque rumors that we read? Did someone leak things? I would imagine it was probably somebody from the writer's room or somebody who had done like asides or somebody who did something with the script. I don't know how much of it is still true, considering those leaks did mention that Flora existed and gave a new character named Jade, who we don't see anything about. Uh, but we could be proven wrong. Right. So 
Uh, the show, as listed now, is actually only going to be six hour-long episodes. Uh, okay. Though that could just be, like, you know, a first batch or a first season. Right, because with Power Rangers, they put, like, the first half, like, the first eight episodes up, and then wait, like, a year, and then put the rest of them up. Plus, this would give them a chance to see, you know, just how well the concept <laughs> tests. Right, and how vocal the fan base is. And, uh... The Winx Instagram did mention it's going to be available in 190 countries. I thought you were going to say 190 languages. I'm like, are there that many? There's definitely that many languages, but I did end up, out of curiosity, looking up how many countries there are in the world. There are 195 sovereign nations, plus, um, like, this is just in the United Nations. So there's 195 sovereign nations and two uh, unobserving members in Vatican City and Palestine. Okay, so it's going to be not geo-blocked in 190 countries. Pretty Neat. much. And I'm all for that. As we move into a more and more connected world, I just don't think geo-blocking makes sense anymore. Oh, absolutely. But I'm still going to be using my VPN. I'm not going to say which one, because we are also not sponsored by it. And VPNs occupy a legally gray area, so let's just, uh... Let's just flutter by. So, are we ready to get into the episode summary? Let's do this. Woo! We begin with a sweeping shot of Althea, probably going to be a constant of this season. And, you know, when I said Althea looked like a playset, I was only partially kidding. I did look up Althea playsets and... Yup. Buy our toys. <laughs> it's pretty much a one-to-one. -one. Our first class of the whole term, apparently, uh, is a transformation class led by Professor Wizgiz, who's a leprechaun. I'm Professor Wizgiz! Now, he does have a bad Irish accent in the Cineloom dub. How about four kids? Um, he sounds kind of like Shrek. Oh, no. But he also immediately calls himself an elf. I don't think that's quite right. No, he's not. You're very obviously a leprechaun. You've got the, you've got the little some, green hat. Or some flavor of gnome. Uh, we're not going to call him a horrible gremlin because that honor goes directly to Kiko. So, uh, to show off the transformation magic he's going to be teaching the girls, uh, Wizgiz transforms himself into Vice Principal Griselda. Oh, did you notice how amazingly bad those that, like, voice doubling was? I don't understand why they did voice doubling at all. We, uh, in the Cineloom dub, they... They double up Griselda and Wizgiz's voices. I think they could have just had... They could have gone one of two ways with that. Either one, have Griselda speak in Wizgiz's voice. Or two, just have Griselda's voice actress read the lines. Oh, because um... We uh, also, Wizgiz says in the four kids dub, Once you have the handle on Metamorphosis, you can turn into anything from a rock to a rock star. I thought to turn into a rock star, you needed a pair of tacky plastic earrings left to you by your late father. <laughs> the first lesson of transformation is changing your hair color. 
I mean, I can do that. Just give me some bleach and hair dye. While instantly changing your hair color, one of the girls, uh, one of the girls in the class is able to do it. Presumably she has color change with hot and cold water hair. And uh, we do see Stella just kind of primps in the mirror instead of actually doing it because uh, we don't want to mess with the main character models too much. Also, she's already done this class before. And Bloom tries and she can't seem to make it work. Oh, okay. So in the four kids dub, Wizgiz is a very bad teacher. <laughs> what does he say? He, he immediately says, you, all, you should all be able to breeze through this one. Not taking into account that there are different levels of magic knowledge here. And then he immediately, as soon as Bloom is unable to do it, says, Bloom, it's a little early to fall behind. You have a lot of homework to do. And I'm just like, go away. Wow. In the Sinaloon dub, he's just reassuring and tells her that she'll get the she'll get the handle on it eventually. Because again, it's their first day. <laughs> Imagine if it was a first day at a new school and your teacher was like, wow, you are really bad at math. Do I have to pretend? Because I've lived it. Moving, Moving on. on. <laughs> <laughs> so after class, uh, Bloom is still trying to do the hair color change in uh, her and Flora's dorm room. And Flora is just taking care of her plants, like not even noticing. We didn't see Flora in that class, so presumably she has a different schedule than Bloom and Stella. Or she could have very well been in the background and she just was, you know. <laughs> she had different main character seating. Yeah. So Bloom tries and tries and she doesn't change her hair color, but she does make her bangs turn six flavors of anime. And Stella's like, hey, it's your first day. You're going to get it eventually. Chill out. And Bloom's like, dude, I've been around magic for approximately four days. I want to try this. Uh, Stella also says that Bloom just isn't concentrating enough to get the right result. But Flora points out that, hey, you, you did something. That's progress. And in, in the four kids dub, Stella is way more encouraging. Like, she's saying, you can try this later in the Cineloom, where in four kids, she's like, we got this. You got this. You'll grow fairy wings in no time. So, uh, Bloom asks Flora and Stella why they're at Alfia at all, which seems kind of weird when it's pretty obvious that this is, this is, this is college. <laughs> We're here to learn. We're here to get a higher education. We want to get our fairy license and be able to operate heavy machinery. Stella says that she wants to become a real fairy. And she defines this as being able to make people happy and reunite estranged lovers. Specifically stating she's going to start with her parents. <laughs> so there's there's a nice little seedling of Stella's backstory. Flora says she also wants to be a real fairy, but she's mostly there because she likes to learn. And upon hearing this, Stella just whaps her with a pillow for being a nerd. <laughs> but if they're not real fairies yet, it's like, are you going... I'm trying to think, it's like... You can only be a real fairy if you go to Althea. Don't well, go to DeVry. <laughs> well, if you go to a fairy school... <laughs> You can choose. 
yeah, we will eventually learn that Alfie is not the only fairy school, period. It is the only one in magic specifically. Uh, when the question of what are you doing here at Alfia gets turned back on her, Bloom just straight up says that she doesn't know. And it's like, Bloom, you're here because you just learned you have magic powers and you want to get better at them. We didn't trade your spot for Princess Porch last episode for you to be second guessing yourself. Yeah, but she's also 16, so she will second guess herself with a drop of a hat. So after this scene, we go to the Grand Hall for breakfast, where Miss Farragonda announces there's going to be a start-of-term party. Congratulations, you've been here exactly one day. Time for a gala! Uh, This is going to be a party for both the students of Althea and Red Fountain that's going to be held on the Althea grounds. Teen hormones fill the air, as Farragonda mentions that hot guys are coming over. Uh, the star event of the evening is a gift exchange between the two schools, and it's apparently a long-standing tradition to do this. Oh, um, uh, just a quick uh, aside, um, I think in the last episode, Red Fountain is called the Red Fountain School for Magicians? Right? It's, it's called the School for Magicians in this episode. Oh. Last right. episode, it was Red, Count- Red Fountain School for Specialists. Okay, well, in this episode, it's called Red Fountain School for Magicians, but in the four kids dub, it's Red Fountain School for Heroics and Bravery. We're gonna see this pop up a lot, honestly. We uh, don't this... know what they do at Red Fountain. Boy stuff. <laughs> Just dude bro things. Just manly things. We're gonna see this happen because... For all its, uh, for all of its superior script writing, the Cineloom dub does have these inconsistencies throughout. It's it's weird, and I don't know why they might not have had a very tight, uh, like continuity team or something. They got whatever translators they had on hand that day. Uh, so Miss Faragonda says that the classes for the day are canceled. And tells the students that they're in charge of preparing the hall for the party. Oh, one more thing, because I just wrote this down. Assistant Principal Griselda mentions that love spells and crush potions are forbidden. You know, we're going to reference the series a lot, but we just have to look at Harry Potter to see why love potions are a terrible idea. Uh, Tecna does point out that it is the second day of class, and it's... Classes are cancelled. You couldn't plan this for a weekend or any other time from the second day. This would be like if this is a very specifically America, perhaps even more specific to our area reference. But this would be like if school started on a Friday and then Labor Day was Monday. It's weird. It's just weird. Oh, yeah. I got it. Hmm. It's like you start school, then immediately the next day they announce that homecoming is happening and you're all preparing for it. So they're canceling <laughs> classes. What is this? Why is it this early in the semester? Leave me alone. I just want to read. <laughs> That's exactly what's happening. We 
got it took us a little bit but we got there so meanwhile after, at cloud tower yeah after Farragonda announces that classes are canceled on day two of the term uh we scene shift to it's also a playset, but it's a playset for goth kids complete with spooky music spooky music and red spiderweb stained glass windows <laughs> what can we say it's weird Not- you know here's what i have to say i might i would rather go to alfia because i do want the magical girl transformation but cloud tower reeks of my aesthetic <laughs> it reeks of my immortal you're not wrong so uh cloud tower academy for witches and we go into their great hall which is sort of like an amphitheater except there are proper chairs and instead of addressing the student body from a stage at the bottom of the amphitheater so that her voice <laughs> travels uh the headmistress griffin oh, Brendan, addresses the head stu- witchtress i hate it <laughs> me too Instead of from the bottom of the amphitheater where her voice would project, Headmistress Griffin addresses the student body from on high. For the dramatics. Yeah, um, the students of Cloud Tower do everything for the drama. They also don't look too different from the character models at Althea, like they're still colorful and vibrant like they're not quote-unquote evil at all except they're... for you know except for well except for headmistress griffin who is entirely <laughs> purple and her hair is a witch hat <laughs> it is. uh it's also worth noting that Throughout the series, because there's only so much money to spend on character models, a lot of the background characters from Alfia and Cloud Tower are at the other schools. And they're just hoping you don't notice. (laughs) It's my evil twin. So Griffin announces that Alfia and Red Fountain are having their welcome ball and have once again decided not to invite the witches. And all of the students (laughs) boo and hiss. Do they? Because I see one of them like whist, like they're all like cheering, it looks like to me. I have a feeling that gesture might be a bit ruder in Italian. Because she does the two fingers in the mouth whistle. There could be a culture thing there. I do know that like if you do a peace sign and you turn it around so that your your fingers are facing you, that is a rude gesture in England. Yeah, instead of the V for victory, it turns into more of an up yours kind of thing. Uh, Cultures are weird. After saying that the witches aren't invited, Griffin just gives them full reign to go all Maleficent on this party. Uh, Oh, also in um, in the four kids, um, she's not really annoyed that they weren't invited. She's just like, hey, they're having a party. We're going to crash it. Griffin announces that she's going to hold a contest where she's taking submissions on what to do to wreck the Alfia Red Fountain Mixer. As you do. And from Griffin, who exits the room dramatically, we cut down to our three favorite witches. 
<laughs> okay, uh, quick, quick little thing in four kids. She mentions that the winners of the contest to decide on what bad thing is going to happen to the fairies will get a gift certificate to Aber Zombie and Witch. See, I, there was a few ways they could go w- with that. Oh, and that their proposals should be double-spaced and bound. That's good. That <laughs> can <know>. stay. <laughs> there are some parts that are really freaking funny in this, because Forkins tends to be kind of good sometimes. Just bad. Yeah, their writers have shining moments where they get a really good joke off. And then they'll mess it up by having Musa just spit the worst raps and rhymes. Also, what was this music? (laughs) Are you watching the scene? I'll tell you more about it later, but the music makes me want to die. In the 4Kids dub? Yes. Continue, we'll get there, but I'm just like, ugh. (laughs) So, uh, our three favorite witches are in the crowd, and they're in their civilian outfits for the first time. And, Which oh boy. less goth than you'd anticipate? Less goth. A bit more, um... They're just weird. Yeah? So, like, Darcy is the easiest one, because she's just a purple 70s chick. She looks great. She's got these little glasses, bell bottoms. Great work. Thank you. You look great. Good job, honey. Icy, Icy is also pretty decent. She's just like all in pale blue. She's got like her her top has like this weird popped polo collar, but it's not popped. It's like just like a. F- if I knew fashion, I would know what to call that kind of collar. Listeners, if you do know fashion, please tell me what kind of collar is an icy civilian outfit. Uh, she's also... You know how Stella's got that belt made of gold coins? Yes. Icy's got a belt too, except hers has these uh, little white crystals that look like icicles. And then there's stormy civilian outfits, which... <gasps> You helpfully described as weird tan lines in the making. God, there's so many cross hatches. There's a lot of crossy straps. It's got a harness neckline. And like, I think I don't know if it's the lighting in that scene because we do only see them in their civilian outfits here and at the very end. But it looks like the top part of the dress is red and then the skirt is pink. I'm hoping that's a coloring error. Otherwise, that's just ugly. I mean, a weird amount of the show is ugly. Oh, it's worth noting, uh, just for a little bit of, I don't know if it was intentional symmetry or just the way it worked out, but Bloom and Icy are both blue. And they're both pale blues at that, but Bloom is like a warm baby blue, and Icy is more of like a whitish washed out blue. Uh, so Darcy suggests that the tricks put in a proposal and Stormy thinks it's a waste of time, but Icy's all for it. <laughs> You're outvoted, Stormy, two to one. Uh, I think Stormy's role in the tricks is when she's not being the berserker, she's the no man. 
Like, she's the one who's there to disagree with people and want to do her own thing. Thankfully, the three of them share a brain most of the time. So they're all on the same page. <laughs> but when Stormy can break free I'm of the just, collective... Con- I'm just remembering that dumb bit from Jim and the Holograms where they're walking out, where the misfits are walking out of Eric's office. They all turn around and all speak, but only Pizzazz's voice comes out. Exactly. Let me tell you something. I have wanted nothing more than to just do the tricks in the misfits colors or the misfits in the tricks colors. If we have any artist club kids, we would gladly appreciate this. And then Selena from season six, because she's the closest thing they get to an extra member. She's she's Jetta. She actually has the hair for it right off the bat, too. She actually has the saxophone for it right off the bat. <laughs> Here's here's a here's a part where I want to just point out this show has a lot of weird abrupt cuts, doesn't it? Because it's when I was doing my notes, did you also find it was hard to keep like a consistent flow because it was just scene change, scene change, scene change? Yeah, I was just like, "Sup, witches? The farriers are having a party. Who wants to go all Maleficent? I'll provide the decorations." Like, yeah, uh, that's. It's something I hope the show works out going forward, but right now, this thing where we're only spending two minutes on a scene at a time, and then cutting to something completely unrelated is a little jarring. Wink's Club, Fairy of Whiplash. <laughs> so, back at Althea, the Winks are talking about what they're going to do to prep for the party. Flora says she's going to do decorations, Muse is going to DJ... Stella puts herself on fashion duty, but apparently that's only for herself. <laughs> because everyone else brings their own dresses. And what dresses well, they are. I say dresses. I-, I specifically saw at least two girls at the gala just wearing pants. I'd like to imagine that in a magic dimension, pants are not considered that much of a faux pas. In a, in well, a- no, I mean, like... They weren't even, like, a nice pantsuit. It was just like, oh, I'm wearing a green turtleneck and, like, purple pants. That's an ugly color combination. Right? And the dresses that the Winks bring out are so hard to describe. Uh, We're, um, we're not going to. We'll just put up a picture when we post our, the episode. I do have some highlights from each of their outfits. I I dig Muses the most. Muses is weird Asian flavor. Like, especially her hair. These are all... These are all... uh, Fashion week. Yeah, it's it's like... It's it's all conceptual. Yeah, it's all weird haute couture runway show. Get to blooms later on. Uh, I would also like to point out that Tecna is still dressed like a wizard. Oh, <laughs> also, <laughs> Bloom was not prepared for a Sadie Hawkins dance because she doesn't have a dress. And I, you would think Stella would have told her, "Hey, uh, make sure you bring something for like a nice occasion," but no. And then. Um, someone at some point says, 
they're wait they're there are going to be a lot of hot guys there. And then Tecna chimes in, guys, as if I care about that. And it makes you hope for a brief lingering minute. But no, she does get a boyfriend eventually. And then Muse is like, if you're not interested in guys, why are you dressed like a diva? And it's like, maybe because Tecna knows she's hot. You don't have to dress nice for a man, Musa. You can just dress nice for yourself. <laughs> Although you wouldn't know you have a horrible taste in men. Oh, we'll get there. Stay tuned. So Stella is very intense this noise when she declares that they're going shopping. Stella actually mentions in Four Kids that she maxed out the credit card Daddy gave her, but it was worth it. In the in the Cinelune dub, she just says this dress was really expensive, but I had to have it. And then she says, my ring doesn't go with it. But... But they're the same shade of... There's blue in that dress, and it's the same shade as your ring. I don't... Yeah, that's the weirdest part. Well, not the weirdest part. (laughs) Stella's Stella's dress shows way too much skin for a school function. We should not see all your hips. Yeah, like, I'm not a prudish person by any circumstance. But, like, there's a time and a place... And Stella's basically got, like, slits down to either side of her hip. And not, like, up the dress. No, like, there's there's a bra top, and then there are these huge cutouts that go to either, it's, like, it's either weird. hip. And so, because Bloom doesn't have a dress, the girls take her shopping in magics. And we get a dress shopping montage. Hey, hey, just so you know, I don't have this realm's currency, so... There's there's probably a currency exchange booth. I don't know what it did with Earth money, but... You know what? There's oh. probably some... No, do you know what? They, they use Earth money on the black market. Okay, so... This music in the four kids is really bad. Let me guess, they did an entirely original insert song that's just god-awful. It's really bad. Okay, let, if I can remember the the four kids library, is it the one that's like, just us girls? Having a good day, we're out shopping and blah 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 blah. It was, it was dumb. And bad. Uh, yeah, it's it's a pure instrumental moment in the Cineloom dub. And there's, like, mouth flaps that are not there, that are there, just like, oh, we're talking about it. But in the four kids dub, they add lines. Sorry, I was drinking some water. So. so Yeah, four kids, four kids, like a lot of American dubbing companies, doesn't seem to understand the value of narrative silence. Oh, dude, remember that time we watched Spirited Away and they were just, like, talking for no reason during a completely silent part? And it's like, dude, it's silent for a reason. You're sucking the emotional gravitas out of the room, Haku. (laughs) So they go through, like, a bunch of dresses because, you know, we have to do the one more ugly than the last and Bloom does find one she likes, and her friends like it. But she looks at the price tag, and it costs 13,550 magic fun bucks. 
And Stella pulls out her credit card that just says Stella on it. Bank of Solaria linked directly to the kingdom's treasury. And then Flora's like, hey, no, you'll probably embarrass her. And it's like, no, if I had a rich friend who wanted to buy something for me, I wouldn't stop them. I would, like, do that thing where you, like, oh, oh no, no, I couldn't possibly. And then they insist and you go, well. Uh, and in the um, four kids version, they actually have a reason. Because that's the card that Stella maxed out. Oh, my God. They called back to their own joke. Well, also, joke in big quotations. Did Flora just grab her arm and say, Stella, you maxed that out? No, Stella, remember you maxed it out. I also like the um, the presumption in the Four Kids dub that the princess of an entire planet would need to take out a line of credit. One more thing that I forgot to mention earlier. Uh-huh. Um, during the whole, hey, look at our dresses, we're making sure they fit before tonight, because why are we doing that before tonight? Um, they mentioned that they weren't allowed to use magic to do anything to their dresses. They had to go out and buy them or like make them or something that's weird isn't it that's weird and pointless they only say that to cut out one bit later on you're right that's like a pointless call forward so um they so bloom cannot pay the 13,550 fun bucks and so dressless and destitute, she claims that she will keep shopping on her own. And then the girls go back to school. Um, Tecna in the forehead says, the probability of you finding something is still quite high. Zero quite high. Still quite high. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> you won't find anything. You're doing great. Uh, Bloom does eventually find a store that's got a sale going on. It says and sale, sale. Also, during this finding clothes montage where Bloom is desperately trying to find a dress that doesn't suck, the song swears. It does? The four kids song swears. What does it say? They say, it says something like dope ass jeans. You can't quite hear it, but it's there because you hear dope jeans. And I'm like, did this four kids song just swear? I'm so tempted. We'll need to look that up on the wiki. But if they manage to sneak that in, mad props. And the music is still bad. It's rapping, but it's 2004, maybe white girl rapping. I'm going to go out on a limb and say there is a 97.3% chance that it's white girl rapping. The probability of it being white girl rapping is quite high. <laughs> uh, so uh, we we cut from this to Cloud Tower, where Griffin has the tricks in her office, and she says that they're the ones who won her contest. They She specifically says something like, your suggestion was the most vile, disgusting, and awful suggestion I have received. It's perfect. You know, that's a 
that's like a switcheroo they do a lot with bad guy characters, but it delights me every time it happens. <laughs> it's the best. But we only really have this scene to establish that the tricks win the contest because we go right back to the dorms. Oh, um, just real quick. In four kids, Icy says, it'll be a night of wickedness, not to mention upchucking and projectile vomiting. No. No thanks. <laughs> oh, one more thing. I'm, God, I'm sorry, I keep cutting back because I'm like, most of these are just really bad lines. Um, Bloom says that the dress she found, which we didn't actually talk about that dress, it's awful, is 80% off and 90% perfect. That's not terrible. But if it's that discounted... You know it's bad. I mean, it's like, what? It's, if I'm remembering right, it's like a turtleneck sweater dress with gray sleeves. No, it's that, it's that thing with like see-through blue, it's with blue sheer sleeves. And I think it has... Oh, they're supposed to be sheer blue. I thought they were gray. I read them as sheer blue. It's also a cartoon from 2004, so it could just be the, uh, like poor video quality. Right. Yeah, we'll have a picture up on the... So, uh, back at the dorms where Bloom throws her hideous dress on the bed, uh, she says that she needs to modify it a little bit before she goes. Which, and... to be fair, you bought a dress that was on sale... Last minute, it's not tailored for you. You need to do something to give you some shape. And Bloom specifically mentions that she's going to shorten it. Now, here's what I have to ask. Is it too long because it's like a little bit too big for her and awkward? Or is it too long because it's 2004? Yes. Um. So she's frantically looking around for a pair of scissors. And Kiko starts gnawing on it. In the rabbit's defense, it is trying to help. Yes. But it doesn't work because it's just a bunny. Right. If anything, he's just fraying it. Um, and Bloom is using her laser pointer powers to try and cut the dress, which makes me think, okay, you can't change your hair color, but you can shoot a laser out of your finger. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> well, to be fair, the first time she used her magic, it was offensively. So maybe she just doesn't have any utility magic yet. A laser pointer is utility. She immediately... <laughs> not when it's a, like, a literal laser that also has heat. She immediately gets distracted by the fact that the red fountain guys are showing up and lights her room on fire. <laughs> yeah. And then she just, like, smacks it out with a pillow. She she goes, okay, yeah, she smacks the fi uh, the really bad fire effect out with the pillow, but <laughs> ah, she- It's low budget, get it away! Oh no, the bad effects! Um, she looks over out the window and sees the Red Mountain Boys that we know, and she says them by name. Brandon, Sky, Riven, and the other kid. <laughs> Also, let's pray that dress wasn't synthetic, because if it was, she just melted it to the comforter. Gross. 
When it said dry clean only bloom, this isn't what it meant. While Bloom is busy burning down the dorms, they thought Stella was going to blow it up. No, Bloom just burned it down. <laughs> Bloom? It's just second day. So we go to the Tricks, who are using a set of underground emergency tunnels that link all three of the schools, but they've been abandoned for a long time, so they're kind of the perfect way to sneak around. And weirdly enough, Darcy is using a flashlight to look at the sign, but since she's got darkness powers, you'd think she'd be able to at least, like, see in the dark. They have symbols on the map that they have connecting the three schools. Right. So they're apparently all equidistant from each other. Yeah, and the three symbols are the Triforce, the Imperial Seal of Japan, and a yield sign. In the four kids version, there was a bit. It was so dumb. It's the tricks talking while they're walking. I didn't know there'd be walking. These heels pinch my feet. Don't even start witching, Darcy. Once we have the ring, we'll take chariots everywhere. Okay, but please tell me we're almost there. Uh, you have the map. Oh, right. We're almost there. Bad villain banter. I have a feeling that Four Kids is going to be doing the thing where they realize if we just say witch, we can get away with it. Yes. Uh, I'm going to presume. We do see that the yield sign later, that's the C that's Red Fountain. So do you think Althea is the Triforce or the butthole? Well, we've had enough interdimensional buttholes from Althea. It's probably supposed to be a flower, and it's probably Althea. So that means that Cloud Tower is the Triforce. <laughs> cool. Well, okay, no, obviously. Obviously, it actually makes perfect sense. Because Icy is power, Darcy is wisdom, and Stormy's courage. The cowardly dog. <sighs> so... Bloom is still looking for a pair of scissors, but in doing so, she has wandered into the bowels of the school. The tricks are Pokemon trainers and can clearly only see about five feet in front of them. Because they have no clue that Bloom is right there. Yeah. Yeah, the tricks come out of a door and Bloom is right <laughs> there. But they don't see her. Instead, they look at the conveniently placed chest from Red Fountain that has the gift to Althea in it. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. They say now, oh, let's use these presents. Like, let's use this to wreck the party. So does that mean in their proposal to Griffin, they just wrote step one. We sneak into the school. Step two, question mark. Step three, pandemonium. Darcy scries out the location of Stella's ring. After having a weird tick? Yeah, Darcy's spell casting. Do you remember the Hercules cartoon? <laughs> Do you remember how Cassandra would get those weird ticks whenever she had future vision? Yeah. That's what Darcy does to use magic. Yeah. 
she just has a little snit and then conjures a hologram that shows Stella putting the ring in a jewelry box. And after the, it's weird that they like take a break to find out where the ring is and then they go forth with their plan. This just makes me wonder what the other plans Mistress Griffin got. Like how bad were they? Because there seems to be a noticeable lack of focus in this. I I can honestly say that I think one of the plans was someone just pulling a fire alarm. Simple. We pull the fire alarm. It's too simple. It's genius. Oh, wait. My three favorite students have a vague plan? Great. So after they, after Darcy has a spasm, <laughs> they open the chest from Red Fountain, which Stormy blasts the lock with lightning to open it. I don't know how that works. I don't know how, like, you would think that would just melt the lock, and but then they would notice it when they went to get the chest. It was magic lightning. The lightning was in the shape of a key, and it opened the lock. So, inside the inside the treasure chest is the present for the Alfea fairies, and they're these eggs. You need to open them underwater, otherwise you can't understand what it says. That was a good one. Uh, and these eggs, when you when you open them, there's just this cloud of butterflies. But thankfully. They're magic butterflies, so it's not going to just Asia O'Hara all over the place. Ooh. Uh, and the tricks just think this is a tacky present. And so they re-enchant the eggs. So instead, they're going to hatch into snake rats, which are oh presumably- not snake rats. <laughs> snake rats are presumably just really mean weasels. Um, and, uh... Some like one of the tricks asks, so uh, when do they start vomiting? And then Darcy's like, once they're bitten, it's a matter of seconds. Why? <laughs> why is this the focus in four kids? Why are they re- why are they really into vomiting? No you know what? <laughs> Let's make them yarts. <laughs> Let's make them hurl blow chunks Ugh. let's let's move on before i just yakety sacks all over the place <laughs> don't talk back uh so the tricks hightail it out after they re-enchant the eggs to hatch into mean ferrets which is like they they make a hole a magic hole in the wall and then just dip and i'm like why aren't they running away cackling at the top of their lungs why aren't they running for Stella's ring? You saw where it was. It's tagged on your mini-map. Just go there. You can fast travel. You're witches. So Bloom enters the Great Hall, which has these weird honeycomb windows. If you ever have a chance to just pause on any of these background characters, they're all hideous. Especially when they're distance rendered. There is one specialist that has a giant, stupid Zuko ponytail. I know who you're talking about, and I think he does get a name eventually. Ugh. Does he get a better haircut? Nope. 
So Bloom is like tiptoeing through the crowd because she's still in her like civilian outfit. She's still in her like crop top and bell bottoms. So she can't be seen dead wearing this stuff at a party. I don't know how she's tiptoeing in those sandals. Carefully. So while she's like sneaking through the crowd, Bloom does crash into Brandon and they have like a moment. But she's like, I don't have time for straight nonsense. I I need to get my girls. Also, I think I mentioned at one point last episode that I thought, or like the first episode, that I thought Brandon might be Dan Green. Is That's he? totally Dan Green. That is so totally Yugi Moto's baby voice. Uh, Bloom grabs the other girls and tells them the plan, the Trix's evil plan. Bloom, what took you so long? Well, I couldn't find scissors, and long story short, there are eggs full of snake rats. Yeah, uh, they do go out in the hallway to have this conversation, at least. And uh, when when hearing what the, like, when Bloom says snake rat, Tecna goes, oh, let me look that up on Magic Wikipedia. Tecna looks it up on Magic Wikipedia and summons a hologram, and apparently snake rat, like, we're just going real avatar on this, because it just means lizard. I mean, depending on the lizard you're looking at, it could be, you could very well call it a snake rat. They have arms. I'm just imagining lizards with little people hands now. Ugh. (gasps) A slippery raccoon. So, the girls are like, okay, we need to stop this. What do we do? And then Timmy and Brandon bring the chest into the ballroom. And they're like, we can't, we can't, we don't have time. What do we do? So uh, they form a magic circle and do a little chant. Mecca like a high, mecca hiney hiney ho. And the eggs go back to normal. So that when uh, one of the specialists hands a fairy an egg, it does turn into butterflies instead of lizard. And the tricks are angry yeah they are so angry because they've they've picked a vantage point to watch this all like to watch their evil plan unfold from they are hidden about 75 feet away in a bamboo field and icy is so mad that the bamboo she's standing near just shatters like freezes solid from the ground up and shatters and she's like, you know what? You know what? That's not the mo- That's not the important thing here. Let's go get the ring. <laughs> that gift? I can buy a gift certificate to Abizami and Witch. We have a job to do. Um, so Skye comes over and does a little flirty flirt with Stella and is like, hey, I got you an egg. And Stella's like, uh, thanks. <laughs> hey, hey, excuse me, Stella? Can I offer you an egg in this trying time? So the girls tell Bloom to get changed. And it's like, I would get changed if only I could find some scissors! Oh my god, they make that callback in four kids? Oh, no, no, sorry. Um. Oh, because that would actually be kind of funny. So uh, when the witches said, we're going to get the ring, they didn't mean they were going to physically walk to the dorm 
and get the ring. Icy just like casts Osseo and the jewelry box just starts floating down the hallway conveniently past Bloom. I mean, Stella does have the main room. Well, no, because it float. Did it float past Bloom while she was in her room or did it float past Bloom while she was in the hallway? It floated past Bloom was in her room getting her dress finished and then it floats past her open bedroom door. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense. It's that's a bit less convenient. And <laughs> hey, Bloom, bye. Bloom chases the floating jewelry box like through the courtyard and out into the gardens, where she finally does catch it. Also, Stella has a pirate's chest of gold. The box falls over, and the little clamshell thing that she had the ring in is just floating away but it's like full of like gold coins and earrings and a bracelet and i'm like you really do have more money than god don't you and so like bloom gets the ring box right in front of the tricks and they're just pissed i'm going to say it now if they say it on the morphin grin they don't censor it we can say it here (laughs) so uh, seeing that their plans have been foiled, uh, they pop out of the bushes to shank Bloom. And, like, they 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 surround her, and I swear to God, it, like, they're framing this shot like they're just about to beat Bloom. <laughs> Side note, which of the tricks decided it was a good idea to monogram their witch outfits? It just really stands out here. Yeah, it should be noted, actually, the witches don't have the eyeshadow, like, the super dramatic eyeshadow in their civilian outfits. They wear, like, a normal amount of makeup. So I guess to be a witch, you just have to slather eyeshadow down to your jawbone. Glamrock. It is very misfits. <laughs> uh, in Four Kids, when they come out to, like, you know, kick Bloom's butt... <laughs> Stormy says, first we'll kick her booty. Icy goes, second, we'll freeze her. And then Darcy just goes all hardcore. Third, we'll crush her into fairy dust. (sighs) Stormy's the hardcore one, not Darcy. Like, Stormy is always low-key willing to murder somebody. So is Icy, but, like, Icy's the evil overlord, and... Darcy's her right-hand man, and then uh, Stormy is the one you wind up at point at whatever you want to disappear. We we start a fight here, and, like, the, the Winx girls, like, specifically Flora, can see this from the ballroom. And she's, like, pressed against the glass, like, no! Poor Bloom! The witches have her cornered, and there's absolutely nothing we can do about it. Yeah, and, like, they're gonna go outside, but then Griselda and Farrakonda pull them away. Because it's time to give Alfia's gift to Red Fountain, whatever that is. And then Musa is voluntold to perform. I mean, Musa did volunteer earlier. She's just being, like, told to cash in on the checks she wrote. I'm sorry, in the four kids version, Musa is voluntold to perform. Girls, we just had a great idea. Princess Musa should perform a hip-hop number for our guests. Right, because in the four kids dub, she's a princess. I mean, she does kind of look like Queen Amidala with that outfit on. 
I would not be surprised if that's what they're trying to reference. <laughs> it is 2004. So, also, if if Griselda and if Flora can see Bloom from the window, <laughs> presumably so could Griselda and Farragonda. Their glasses don't do anything. Don't be ridiculous, Brendan. So outside, the tricks get a, the tricks do a murder. <laughs> Bloom about to die. Like they do that thing where like Darcy just like Darcy does this badass move where she like just kicks her heel into the ground and opens a fissure. Dude, that spell in four kids has a badass name. What did she call it? Heel of Oblivion. Oof. And then Stormy Stormy just conjures a tornado to the whole point of a tornado is to, like, suck things into the vortex. Not to, like, blow things away. Well, okay, uh, I guess guys, it does Olympus would be that way. <laughs> so Bloom does get blown into the, the gaping maw of the earth. And, again, the tricks are just going to straight up murder her. In Four Kids, Icy just says... You pathetic earth girl. How did you get into the school? You don't have any winks at all. And yeah, in the Cinelume, it's a more generic like, I'm going to stop your meddling. And then instead of just like stomping on her fingers because she's got a very precarious grip and you're wearing stilettos. uh, She just like launches a suspiciously slow moving projectile at Bloom. And Bloom goes, no, I must succeed and transforms. What? You could even say that Bloom finally finds the fire burning deep inside. She's a Winx. Oh, my God. Uh, Bloom's transformation sequence, like she spins around a fireball, claps her hands, and then like her outfit burns onto her like these it's a really cool effect where these flames just run up her and make her outfit. She has a very tiny tiara? Tiara? It's a little crown. <laughs> a teeny tiny crown. It's really cute. <laughs> also, she's got like more, her wings are like the most generic butterfly shape. At and... one point, someone says, get a load of that tood. Oof. Also, um... Like I mentioned earlier, her fairy outfit's all done out in cyan with that uh, teeny tiny crown. And then she's got this yellow gem on her chest. So tiny. And uh, she's also got the same kind of handsless gloves Flora has, but hers are elbow length instead of over the elbow. And we do see the transformation from an outside perspective. Like briefly. And Bloom is just covered in fire, putting out immense amounts of light, and her hair is whipping around. That's what I imagine a magical girl transformation looks like from the outside. It's not like a pretty cure or even a later Winx transformation where her hair transforms, I uh, too. So I don't know what that effect was. Probably just probably just visual interest. I mean, heat rises. There's so That's... much heat that it's just whipping her hair around. Also, I thought. It was just the lighting, because Bloom is putting off, like, orangey-yellow light. I thought she had burned the ash around, like, the grass around her into cinders, but it was just the lighting that made the grass look gray. Oh, dude, I thought that too. I thought it was- Aw, that's a bummer. 
Yeah, because that would have been badass. I do like that this early we are pretty firmly establishing that Bloom has fire powers. It's Just gonna... don't touch the hair. Well, it's going to turn into like this huge mystery what her power source is for like a later arc, but uh, pretty obviously fire. It turns out to be a little bit more special than that, but that ma- That magic laser pointer she had earlier, it was just a very concentrated stream of fire. That's probably why it set the dress ablaze. God, Bloom. Twas I. Twas I who set the dress ablaze. <laughs> so, uh, once, once she's transformed, Bloom's like, hey, I did it. <laughs> and then she just steps to the tricks and she is like, hey. We're evenly matched. Now it's a fair fight. And Icy's like, uh, there's still one of you and three of us. So we start another, we start a fight. Darcy As does another, do. Darcy does another spasm. And then like, Just she calls it a, the word vertigo. Yeah. But here's the weird thing. Bloom starts getting affected like by actual vertigo. She's, she's dizzy and she can't stand straight. But then she flies up. And says, illusion spells have no effect up here. Is that right? Vertigo happens even if you're in a plane. Vertigo can happen when you're sitting perfectly still, minding your own business. Also, I would think that flying would exacerbate the vertigo. But, eh. So, it's like magic I- vertigo, who cares? So Icy starts to make it snow, and then she makes these ice spikes, because here's the thing. If this was a more if this was a more graphic show, she would be trying to just impale Bloom. And Stormy's just off to the side looking pretty. Yeah, Stormy doesn't actually participate in the fight, which is weird because her lightning spells are like one of the easiest things to make work. Just have also, her. She's blast in the air. Lightning. Yeah, just have her blast lightning. We're not trying to root for the tricks, but come on, don't be dumb. We're asking them to put a token of effort in. You're supposed to be the best students, come on. Okay, so when Icy makes, like, the ice cage, one of the spikes grows her face. (laughs) And then just goes, "Ah!" And, like, Bloom gets knocked out of the sky. And then Icy just freezes an entire patch of ground solid and goes you know what that took care of her let's go we're not we're not gonna check because we're good villains we're good at this murder thing (laughs) if they're so eager to do it they've done it before they didn't get their powers by not doing a blood pact they've sacrificed a goat for this and here's the funny thing though so we we do see that ice tomb, and it turns out Bloom is a little to the left. <laughs> so she dissociated see, her way out of that ice tomb. If Icy had moved that area of effect a li- like one square over, Bloom would be toast. Just donezo. But no, she's fine. And so the other wanks rush out in the garden, and they start fretting over Bloom because, you know, she she did almost just get killed. Again. But she's okay. She needs okay. to stop making this a habit. But she's okay. And uh, then Bloom makes her grand entrance into the party, radiant and 2004 fashionable. Wow, it's hideous. 
It's really not good. Like, the other girls have, like, high fashion. Like, that could be considered, like, conceptual, nice enough. This is literally just bad. Also, in the four kids, in the four kids, one freaking background fairy, like, says, Isaac Mizrahi? Or something to that extent. And I'm like, no, 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 no. First off, no. Second, this is, I'd say that the difference is, like, the other girls are all in haute couture and Bloom is in a perfectly serviceable prom dress. She looks like she's on the runway for the Teen Choice Awards circa 2004. And everybody else looks like the various stages of Lady Gaga. So, like, we do have... There's an animation error here that I caught. I think I caught that, too. Where, like, Bloom walks up to Flora and she's got her Winx crown in her hair. And then it goes away. I think what happened is, because the the dress she's wearing looks a lot like her Winx outfit, especially with how the detached sleeves and neckline are, maybe before they finished doing the rest of it, the animator of that cell got confused and thought it was supposed to be there. That's the only thing I can think of. But uh, when Bloom realizes that the tricks got away with Stella's ring, uh, Flora points out that, oh no, 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 no. We took care of it. And Bloom just goes, oh boy, I can't wait to see Icy's face when she just gets butterflies. And Flora goes, "Uh, it's going to be a little bit different than that. So of course, I presume that it's just going to explode. (laughs) And then like, it's going to do the cartoon thing and Icy's face is covered in soot. And then then it goes, na, 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 winks. (laughs) Just Iris is out. (laughs) That's fairies, folks. In Four Kids. Flora says that this was the June spell of the month from Teen Fairy. Weirdly specific, if so. And it's, yeah. And she even mentions during the spell something about the ring being exchanged for something else. Well, here's the, I don't like the thing that four kids and so many dubs do. Where they think that children have no grasp of subtlety. Because if you were paying attention, when she did the switcheroo spell, and this happened, like, after they disenchanted the eggs, or after they uncursed the eggs, I should say, like, you can see, like, the 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 thing lights up, and then something is in it. I'm disenchanted with this show. So, back at Cloud Tower, we're in the Trix's dorm room, and we don't get to see that much of it at this point. We will see it later. And... So Icy opens the jewelry box and she finds one of the eggs inside. And for some reason, she just jumps to the conclusion. Like, that's weird. Why'd she put it in an egg? Yeah, not, huh. That's not right. Just, oh, it's in an, it's in the egg. And so So she's shaking it. She shakes the egg violently. This has activated the hatchling. And so the ring does hatch and it does release this huge puff of smoke. But and when the smoke clears, instead of being caked in ash, there is a purple Easter duckling in Icy's hand. Mama! Mama! Wah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The voice acting on this thing is atrocious. It's no better in four kids. It sounds like someone recorded it over the phone. 
The highlight is it calls Icy Mama because it has imprinted upon her and it starts kissing her all over her face and she might as well have just say thanks I hate it. Here's Icy's familiar. Yeah, she does scream I hate him. <laughs> and in the four kids version it's essentially the same thing but it ends with horrible music. <laughs> I mean, after this, we just get a cut back to Elfia where Bloom and Brandon get to have, like, a dance moment. But the episode's over. This would have served, like, this would have been a good cut, like, after Flora was like, oh, we did something, don't worry about it. And then they have the dance, and then they go to the tricks, and they end the episode on thanks, I hate it. (laughs) That would have been great. So, yeah, that's episode three. Any thoughts on it? Um, it was fun. It was, you know, a good. Here's more of their personalities. Um, seeing more of the incidental characters is always welcome. Because, oh my god, off model is wonderful. The setup was a little sloppy, but what are you gonna do? We only have 20 minutes. Yeah, I I agree that it's a little weird to do a plot like this as episode two, when a big school dance should probably be more like episode seven. But I do like that we get to see a lot of the girls interacting. We get to uh, see their personal fashion choices. (laughs) And uh, we start setting up the tricks as... Or their cultural fashion choices. And we start setting up the tricks as, like, dangerous antagonists who are capable of bits of comedy. They will cut you. See, I do believe we we reach a point, like, especially in the musicals, it's pretty apparent that the tricks, we reach this weird Team Rocket-esque point where they vacillate between there's a 30 there's your five dollar word of the day vacillate (laughs) where they flip between like being hyper competent and extremely menacing villains and just the three stooges but witches with our thoughts on this summarized here's the thing i don't want a wholesale steal from the morphin grid i do like their best best moment worst moment mvp structure I, I do too, honestly. So let's let's give credit uh, that this this wholly comes from the Morphin Grid by Hey Jake and Josh podcasts. Who this you is can... this is a reference of love, not of malice. This is a plug. You can find them at Hey Jake and Josh. You can also find their various podcasts by just going to what's their. Isn't I think just... I I've just. Uh, the... Hey Jake Josh on Twitter? Uh, their website is heyjakeandjosh.com. And they do a and bunch it has of really links to the Morphin Grid, Pokemon World Tour, and their YouTube channel. And they've they've they're a great podcast network. I, I highly recommend them. They're so fun. so should Tess. we do should we do retroactive best and worsts or just start from episode three? 
we're just going to start from episode three. Episodes one and two were episodes one and two. You can figure out what's good and bad from there. Uh, so, Tess, what's the best? Um, hmm. Uh, the best and worst is also only going to apply to the Cinelume dub. The four kids is literally just for comparison. Um, I think the best... Like, moment or character? What was that noise? I don't know. Moment or character? It could be anything. Um, I think my best moment is just the entirety of the Cloud Tower moments from Sup Bus. The fairies are having a party. Who wants to go on Maleficent on their ass? To this plan is horrible. It's great. So I think I'm just going to put it as best is uh, headmistress uh, Griffin. I'm going to say that my best is... My best is also the... uh, Actually, I'm going to pick a different best. And my different best is the dress shopping scene where Stella is completely willing to pay for Bloom's dress because it's really expensive, even though they haven't been friends for that long. Yeah, because that's nice. It, it'd be really easy to uh, hmm. write Stella off as just like a vain, selfish character, but no, she's got some depth to her. Uh, what's the worst? And we can't just say the four kids dub every time. <laughs> it's not Vipra. In her viperari. Um, um, I think that my worst is going to be that specialist with a horrible haircut. <laughs> Your worst is a background character. Okay. It's the one thing that's sticking out in my mind about how bad it was. Let's see. Let uh, me look close right. second is the four kids music. I know I said that Four Kids has great music. Apparently I was lying because this is really bad. Well, yo-ho, yo-ho, I told you the truth a while ago. <laughs> Yar-har, fiddle-dee-dee, the music is bad, it's plain to see. Um, my worst for the episode is actually going to be the horrible voice doubling effect in the first scene. Ooh, that's Professor a Wizkiz. good bad one. Who is the MVP? It's uh, going between Stella and um, Flora for me right now. I'm going to say the MVP is Bloom for finally uh, getting a, a good grasp on her powers and being able to transform. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with Flora because she had she was the one who had the idea to give Icy a problem for the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, they do forget about that duck. It just vanishes to the point He's where it's not even in the now. recap specials. He's here now. Oh. And he's basically a better Kiko. Yeah, it's it's really funny when you react to the like you react to this horrible gargling thing with the abject horror it deserves. <laughs> All right. So with that said, you can find us on Twitter at Magic Winks Pod. Uh, we try to do related tweets to the episodes and not just 
you know, link the episodes, because apparently doing that will have Twitter think you're a bot account and suspend you. Oh, dear. So we're going to try to post some more uh, Winx-related content, some stuff about the live action as it's happening. Hit us up with some hot Winx memes. Good <laughs> fan art. Uh, nothing too spicy, because this is a PG-13 podcast. I get to blow it now. If we're PG-13, we get one fuss per episode. Uh, let's just say we're all a strong PG. We can say hell. Don't worry. We can say hell, piss, and damn. Anything stronger than that. We we are exactly oh. as edgy as Shadow the Hedgehog. I'm sorry. Um, epi- Season 8 has just ended. Oh. There is no current information about a season 9. Well, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. We have, like, what, four years? We have a, yeah, we have a good, like, bi-weekly, 20 episodes a season. That's 40 weeks to get through a season, roughly. No, dude, it's it's 26 episodes a season. Okay, so if it's 26 episodes a season, and there's 53 weeks in a year. 52. 52 weeks in a year, whatever. We do this bi-weekly, it's gonna be roughly a year per season, so... (laughs) <laughs> oh jesus god uh a year per season not including special episodes on the hour-long specials on the musicals on or, the ice show or the live um, action or any potential breaks you might be taking between seasons breaks between seasons holiday hiatuses we will get to season eight in 2030 uh, I'm going to put a hard uh, limit on us. We will finish this podcast before World War Three. So we're going to have to record every episode now. <laughs> Two charged. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Pocky Slice. That is Pocky like the snack slice as in a slice of pie. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sonata Waves sonata like the kind of music and waves like you know the things on an ocean on an ocean yeah or any significantly large body of water well until next time i've been brendan and i've been tess meeting adjourned open your eyes open your mind we are the I'm on Twitter right now, like, just searching for stuff. There is actually a tropical storm in the Pacific Ocean right now named Kiko. That damn rabbit. (laughs)